Well, good evening, good morning, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, my name is Daniel Carpio, the inscriber of Digital Magazine, and I should be sleeping right now. I should be getting rest, finishing the, the week, another work day, you know. But, yeah, that Thursday night football game happened. And we need to talk about this the, the shit show now that we have to see involving Tua Tungavailoa. Now, I'm not talking about shit show like on the field, obviously. As far as, oh, he's not making the passes. Not front. No, 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 no. That would be the dumb fuck way to do things. No, we have to talk about the fact that we saw a 24-year-old man have seemingly going through neurological damage on technically national television, because this is was streamed, Thursday Night Football. And I said, in case you're going to be living under a rock for the rest of the day on Friday, Miami Dolphins versus Cincinnati Bengals, Thursday Night Football. Dolphins at the time were 3-0, one of the two undefeated teams left in the league. And the Bengals were 1-2, where they sh- where they were just trying to get them get the season going and game started off fine and then I forgot what quarter it was because I'll, I'll, because that game is a haze after this Tua gets sacked and the way he lands first on his back elbow back and then on his head and you see how his hands, how his fingers were, tw- were just twisting, contorted in such a way that it's horrifying and had to be carted off the field in a stretcher, stabilizing the spine. <coughs> now, for the majority, probably, of people who have common sense, the game stopped there. It didn't matter what the final score was. It didn't matter who got the yard. It didn't matter if it this helped your fantasy team or any of that shit. Because you saw literally a 24-year-old man suffer what is very likely neurological damage. And like I said, this opens up a gigantic shitstorm for the NFL, particularly the Miami Dolphins, which unfortunately is nothing new when it comes to the Miami Dolphins being the shit show magnet when it has come to a lot of crap. But like I said, if you haven't been paying attention, if you're not a Dolphins fan, or if you just don't care about football in general, but you happen to be listening to this, 
Tua played last week. This was the game against the Buffalo Bills. And in the second quarter, he threw a pass. It was caught, I think, by Jalen Waddle. And he got thrown to the ground. And he got up and he stumbled twice. Now, before getting off the field in the first half. Now, any, <coughs> anyone who saw the play, anyone who saw the play, whether it was on TV, on Twitter, we all pretty much had the same thought. Okay, he's concussed. Mr. Magoo could see that he was concussed, that Tua was concussed. And even the Dolphins, which this, this prompted an investigation by the NFLPA, addressed it as a head injury. So we figured, okay, he's in the concussion protocol. Only to then come back in the game in the second half. Now, I will say this right now after what we witnessed tonight. If Teddy Bridgewater could, would have converted on the drive that he got put in immediately afterwards and put a gun on the first down, I do not think we would have seen two again last week. But that didn't happen. Tua got put into the game in the second half. And then we got told this story that, oh no, he's not concussed. He didn't suffer head trauma. No, it's his back. His back locked up. That's it. Yeah, the, the fact that he stumbled like somebody that got in a drunken stupor. Yeah, that's a back injury. There's nothing neurological. And then for him, after going through that, to play four days later and watch what we watched, it's horrifying and it's infuriating. Now, obviously, you know, he got taken to a hospital. You know, I think University of Cincinnati Hospital, a level one trauma facility. And from what I've seen on the news, he and I, yeah, they did mention this at the end of the game. He was, he went to the hospital. He apparently had did have use of all his extremities. And by the time the game was over, it came out that he was, Tua was going to be, was going to be discharged from the hospital and flying back home with the Dolphins, with the team. That's a nice little cherry on top of this entire shit sandwich. Because... We really now, as fans, as people that like to watch football, we're now seeing one of the worst case scenarios 
happen when people are dressing. Head trauma when addressing football. And that is the fact that there's a possible sin there's unfortunately there's a lot of scenarios happening with what with Tua right now. But and this has to go back to last week. <laughs> because Supposedly, keyword supposedly, when it comes to players, when it comes to head trauma, there's supposed to be an independent evaluator that goes to the players if they go through and enter the concussion protocol. And not, and it's them, not the team doctors, that would be the ones to say. Okay, now he's good to go, or no, you're experiencing, you're sh- you're showing signs that you're concussed. You should sit out. Now, <clears throat> you have you can have a scenario where maybe to a fake being well enough because in football if you're if you have to be tough. In order to play the game, even to the point where you're lying to doctors about having head trauma, that's a possibility that could happen. <coughs> no facility is that the the independent doc, the independent evaluator was negligent, seeing somebody that had clear signs that he was concussed. And just said, nope. A worst case scenario, you have an independent evaluator that is not really independent, that he's willing to do what the team asks him to do. And if the team's saying, oh, Teddy Bridgewater isn't working, we need him back in the field because we don't know, we didn't activate our third string quarterback. Then. We have a scenario of severe negligence. And like I said, the, the, the players' union is the one that's launching this inve- that investigation last week. Granted that the NFL Players Association is one of the weakest <laughs> organizations representing players when it comes to American sports. There's a reason why NFL contracts are not worth the toilet paper they're written on. This, like I said, it's it's just bad all around. Because, they said you're watching a 24-year-old young man. Like, this man... Two, like I said, there are many ways when you're 20, you still haven't lived. You're watching a scenario where because of either him trying to tough it out or medical negligence or at the worst malevolence on the part of the team that had to win at all costs 
we're seeing a scenario where he will not be the same again. As a, as a man, as a human being, not being the same again after this. When this didn't need to happen. Say, for example, okay, you're... Say, okay, he did clear the protocol. And let's say it was an injury to his back. And it's a short week. It would have been perfectly fine. In fact, it probably the Dolphins would probably have been somewhat commended. If the headlines today read, out of precaution, Tua Tagovailoa is out of this game. Ted, Teddy Bridgewater, the starting quarterback for this game. Dolphins would probably have been commended. Saying like, okay, they're going to put the health of their potential franchise quarterback above short-term game and winning. But no, that's not what happened. What happened is we literally, like I said, we probably saw a 24-year-old man suffer, suffer permanent neurological damage. And... We don't know if he's going to be the same again. We really don't. All we know right now is what the hospital told. What the, what it was said throughout the updates throughout the game. <coughs> Which I, I know the Dolphins lost. I don't give a fuck about that. I honestly don't. At this point. But. They got the extremities. He, he said he could extend his extremities. He went to the hospital. He was being discharged. And now he's flying back with the team. That that part itself bothers me. The fact that, yeah, you literally saw your quarterback have his fingers twisted in a, in a mangled fashion. Not by injury. Not by, oh, somebody stepped on it or you dislocated your finger. No, by neurological damage. Apparently this is something that's called the fencing position. And apparently it's a situation where your brain, because of the severe neurological damage, is sending signals to your extremities, to your arms, all at once, and then your body's just locking up as a response. And I've seen this debate already on Twitter. Where it's fascinating the fact that he you're suffering this and he's going to go on a damn plane back to Miami. When you're suffering this, going back down to Miami on a plane. Now, yeah, the debate is whether... <clears throat> The hospital is... Oh, the team took him out of the hospital. But in this case, the hospital... When it comes to situations like this, it's on the hospital's call a lot of times. When somebody can get discharged. But unfortunately, there's also scenarios... Like I've, I've, ex- <clears throat> I've seen and experienced it. I've had family members experience it where... 
a hospital may recommend that you stay overnight, but you're not enough in a drastic condition that they have to require you to stay. And then at that point, yeah, no, I'm going to be discharged. I couldn't go into this, even though they'll probably at that point, I recommend you have to reevaluate doctors and referrals in that front. But I said, we, we would recommend you staying overnight just out of precaution, but they can't force it. That's very likely what's happened in this case. And like I said, this, this is just bad. This is just bad all around. Now, it's bad for the NFL, particularly bad for the Miami Dolphins in a lot, a lot of ways. I'm not even talking about <coughs> X's and O's. I'm talking about the fact that once again, the Miami Dolphins find themselves being the center shit show of the shit show that is the NFL sometimes. We got in during Bullygate. When the team was on Hard Knocks, that's when Chad Johnson had that incident where we had to see him be released in real time. I mentioned Bullygate. The tampering. The fact that the coach before this one, before Mike McDaniel, Brian Flores... Is suing the league for racial discrimination. Dolphins tend to always be the center of at the center or somewhere near the center of bullshit. And now it's either of their own making or they just happen to have a hand in it. This is the shit show of their own making. They could have done the responsible thing and sat to one. Because, from my understanding, if you have to play a Thursday night game, you get the bye week afterwards. In fact, I'm going to confirm this right now. I'm going to look at ESPN.com. That's what I'm doing. Can't believe I'm fucking doing it, but I'm doing it. Okay, come on. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Friday, today's Thursday, next week's the first week of October, nope, okay, no, they don't get, they don't read, no, they don't get the next week off in the, in the bye, no, they play next Sunday, October 9th, against the Jets. And, oh, look, we don't actually get the bye week until mid-November. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to go back to this at hand. Because, again, 
that the, this doesn't take away the fact that the dolphins would have done the responsible thing and sat to it down and protect them. That didn't happen. And now we don't know how he's going to be as a human being, let alone as a quarterback of this team. And I'm going to read, like I said, a couple of updates right now on Twitter. This is in real time. This is at 1.16 a.m. Eastern. Let's see. And this is like one of the reporters, one of the top reporters in South Florida. He co-tweeted this. He said, there are now people across Twitter questioning the University of Cincinnati Hospital, the region's only level one trauma center, as to why they cleared to it to return home with the team. And this is what Barry Jackson put it in there. Yeah, social media has created a world of unqualified experts who are adamant about things that they did not study, insisting on things that they are not qualified to know. It's exhausting. Yes, there's one end of that. We are in a league of armchair quarterbacks, armchair doctors. This, this is what social media has created. I'll admit that. But there are things where common sense kick in. Common sense could tell you that Tua was concussed last week. And that he should not have been playing this game. And now, like I said, we don't know if he's going to be the same. And... People are pointing it out. Oh, people are pointing out that T. Higgins was playing, even though he got targeted in the helmet by the Jets. But either way, we are in a really, really fucked up situation. Honestly, I I would not be surprised. I legitimately would not be surprised if. Either tomorrow, over the weekend, or even Monday, we have a press conference and then Tua announces that he's retiring for football. That it can't happen, that he can't do it. And he talked to his family, and the, and the health and safety of his family is worth more than him winding up a husk of a, of a person. And now, like I said, I'm going to go again. When it, I'm going to read again when it comes to Twitter because now, like I said, doctors are chiming in on this. Uh, like uh, Dr. Jorge Caballero, who goes by the handle at Data Driven MD, quoted another person saying straight up global negligence says, needs to be said. This won't stop until NFL-affiliated doctors get sued and lose their license. 
their licenses for signing off and or practicing beyond the scope of their licenses. Enough is enough. And if anyone wondering, yes, I have experience training professional athletes, including NFL, NBA, MLB, and Olympians. I guarantee that I know far more about the situation than chose to cloud chase with bullshit assertions and contrarian takes. People need to understand that these players are treated like fine-tuned machines. Until they're not. They're put through the ringer and then discarded like a used napkin. As bad as things look on TV, I assure you the scenes during surgery and recovery are much, much worse. Lots of folks out here, particularly the obnoxious know-it-all sports fans, think they're being clever by pointing out that these players get paid handsomely for their services. They love to say ignorant crap like they know what they're signing up for. I'm going to address that in a little bit because you hear that a lot as a veteran. I never cared for a professional athlete that fully understood the long-term risk, long-term risks of sustaining this kind of injuries that they do. Not one. We're, take, we're talking 20, 30-year-olds with knees, ankles, hips, and shoulders next that would make a 70 or 80-year-old feel spry. That stuff only gets worse with age. The pain and the limited mobility accelerates the movement that they're no longer surrounded by a multi-million dollar staff whose sole job is to dull the pain and address the symptoms just enough to get them back in the game. And that's precisely the problem here. It's easy to cover up the symptoms of a concussion, but the trauma is there. The brain needs time to heal, just like any other part of the body. If you try to play with a sprained ankle, there's a good chance you'll end up breaking your ankle or tearing your ACL. If you play with an unresolved concussion, there's a good chance you'll end up temporarily or permanently paralyzed. Concussions are the same potential to career any injuries as horse collar tackles. But the NFL and NFAPA treat them differently. Why? Why treat injuries to the femoral head, i.e. Bo Jackson disease, appropriately? while injuries to the brain are regarded as an inconvenience? The answer is simple. The NFL Physicians Crew is an old boys network controlled by orthopedic surgeons. The numbers don't lie, and the 404 error under their diversity tab at the NFL Physician Society it pretty much sums it up. I invite anyone to look for more proof of my claims to go through the profiles of the NFL PS website. Collectively, the Dolphins and Bengals have 10 team physicians. None are female, and at most three are for underrepresented minority groups. And they have exactly zero neurologists and neurosurgeons on their roster. Zero. This is not by accident. This is how the games behind the game works. The game is simple. If you're an unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant, and he puts, um, and Dr. Gabriel puts this in quotations, and you want to keep an unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant, keep or you want to keep being this consultant, then you can't forget that you're unaffiliated. And that unaffiliated is not the same thing as independent. Get it? So long as the NFL and NFLPA keep surrounding themselves with physicians who are willing to tell them what they want to hear, players will keep getting concussed and their player careers will be cut short. Simple as that. So long as players uncritically accept the lie that everyone involved in the concussion evaluation is there to keep them safe, then nothing will change. It's a lie that's simple for the simple reason that the incentives are grossly misaligned. 
their inherent concepts of interest. The NFLPA should be demanding, truly independent neurologists. Again, the NFLPA union is one of the weakest unions, unfortunately, in American sports. Once again, like there's a reason why NFL contracts are not worth the toilet paper they're written on. The only way to achieve this is for the NFLPA to pay for those services directly and for the staff and neurologists to be swapped out every season. This is too important to be left to the clubs themselves, the teams themselves. Anything less is a disservice to the players and to their friends, family, and neighbors who will be there to witness their decompensation long after the NFL's done with them. I've seen that side of things too. And it's tragic. Many players will say that it was worth it. But what else are they supposed to say? Many of them have no viable career options. Football's the only thing they've ever known. That's a whole other thread I won't get into. What makes me about the upset about the NFL's approach to concussions is that it doesn't have to be this way. They know what to do. And they're willing to do the exact thing for literally any other bodily injury. It's unfathomable to me why the NFL is fucking callous about this one thing. Having unconscious players frozen on the field can be good for ratings. Having to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on a new quarterback every few years can be good for business. It's unconscionable that any physician involved in the NFL's concussion protocol, game of charades, should be able to sleep at night knowing that they're directly responsible for one of their patients showing obvious signs of decorative posturing on national television. Decorative, sorry, decorative posturing is that claw-like position that Tua was in. Beyond head trauma, the only time we see decorative posturing is when somebody is in a persistent vegetative state usually on their way to being declared brain dead. And then, like I said, Dr. Caballero posted a picture showing an example that said, okay, legs are rotating internally, arms are flexed against the chest. They said, this, this is what's called, the one I mentioned earlier, defensive position. In summary, there's absolutely no way that these players fully grasp the dangers they're in. There's absolutely no reason why concussions should be treated like an inconvenience instead of potentially career and the injury that they are. Do better at NFL at NFLPA. And that's where it falls into, unfortunately. There's money to be played. There's money that has to be made. And you have situations like this, but it, it, it's angering this at the same time. And I'm gonna go back now to this to the phrase that he mentioned, like, oh, they know what they sign up for, because you hear a lot as a veteran. I hear a lot as a veteran that you know what you signed up for. You know what you did. And this involves the fact that, except like as part of the veteran community. You see sometimes fellow veterans with severe, severe damage, either head trauma, neurological damage, and you see the system failing them. 
the system that was built to protect them. They were supposed to take care of them after they get out. It doesn't matter if they only got out for four years like me or they fully retired. The VA is a system that's supposed to protect us as veterans. And one, largely because they're underfunded, mainly. And two, because unfortunately that underfunding has resulted in the culture of gross negligence. We're in a position where every, I think the last stat that I saw was every 22 seconds a veteran commits suicide. And unfortunately, we also live in a society where we get told that, oh, you know you would sign up for, you went to war, you know what you signed up for. And in reality, outside of the 9-11 GI Bill, Outside of the fact that you, you can't go to the BA to be, be a regular doctor. That's pretty much all you have. Because <laughs> in general, the society, the main thing that they give us, okay, you acknowledge people on the parade and on Veterans Day, restaurants give out a preset menu that they don't change. The reason I'm saying that is because that's the way, in many ways, how we in this country are treating sports. And yeah, there's always that notion. I don't want to go into the right now to the racial dynamics of it, because it is it is a situation where young, predominantly black and brown men are put through the ringer at the to win money for mostly white men. But I'm not going to go through that ringer completely right now cuz except we 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 what are we going to what are you, what is it going to take? We're going cuz unfortunately this also feeds into the good old cycle of what I would call performative caring. Basically, some shit happens, some real fucked up shit happens. The area that would impact it the most will have the clearest answer, like like the the Dan Levertard show, which you can catch on podcasts and on YouTube. In their local hour, and what they mean by local hours, because they still format it in the same way as they did the radio show when they had it on ESPN or 7 and, and 790 The Ticket, which, by the way, that 790 The Ticket, the radio station, is no longer going to exist tomorrow. And instead, it's going to be launched in, at least in, in the Miami market, by another right-wing bullshit Spanish radio station. But that's here or there. But going back to that, he has a format before where before the national radio people got the show, the hour before was strictly the local hour. Hour strictly for the Miami Airwaves or whoever 
or whenever you were able to stream it through a radio station or through a radio station app. Dan Laboratory tomorrow is going to have Chris Nowinski on. And Chris Nowinski, he is pretty much the go-to person right now when it comes to brain injuries, when it comes to situations like this. If you don't know, if you don't know or really aren't familiar with Chris Nowinski, he was a person that went to Harvard, was a professional wrestler at one point, got concussions where he had to retire, didn't like the situation that he was in, but he did go to think Harvard, and then he decided to go back and study head injuries and brain injuries. And his studies and his research have uncovered a lot of information that we know about CTE today. But the problem is now is that we're still unfortunately at the stage where the only thing that we know about CTE is we, we only know about a person having CTE after you're dead. When their brains are donated for study. It's one of the reasons why a lot of older retired NFL players that have committed suicide, openly committed suicide, they've mostly done it through shooting themselves in the chest rather than in the head because then that way they can have their brains can be studied. And interesting enough, his most famous case is actually a wrestler, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit, who, like I say, who infamously through taking a whole shitload of steroids, having a move that is literally a diving headbutt and having multiple concussions and then going through the trauma of losing his best friend, Eddie Guerrero, ultimately wound up one day snapping, or one weekend snapping, killing his wife, killing his son, before he killed himself. And and you have to ask yourself, do you want to see Tool? And this is me being and taking it to this situation to the extreme, but we have to ask the question. Right now, when it comes to the when it comes to this player, Tua Tonga Valoa, are we willing to ignore the signs that could lead? Tua Tungavaloa to become the next Chris Benoit. In the worst sense. Because unfortunately that's what happens in the cycle of performative caring. You start caring, you start talking to people about it. Time slowly passes by. Something else happens. You'll have a week and there's going to be a dramatic, you're going to have Week four on Sunday. There's going to be dramatic 
games throughout. Game changing plays in that front. And that slowly takes away the attention. And you'll get a little bit more about it. Well, you'll probably get a little bit more about it next next Wednesday. When the team gets has to go to practice. And you have the <laughs> and you have the press asking the questions. But then we're like enough time has passed. It's if and it's time to focus and then boom, it's game day. And like I said, the performer the carrying cycle stops because then oh it's game day and more than likely nine times out of ten, unless it's a severe physical injury. You're going to see a player that should probably should not be on the field back on the field. In this case, Tua. But it unfortunately it it this is the type of situation that leaves a bad taste in people's mouth because as as a society as how we are learning about head trauma about brain trauma. We're learning about the situations right now in real time. And on top of that, we're learning how our bodies are being affected by the fact that we we are going through. And despite what people want to say, yeah, we're still technically going through a pandemic. And you're seeing the effects, the physical damage of people that have had COVID have to go through now. And you're watching that and now you're watching this situation where you don't really know how to feel as a fan. Like me, I grew up in Miami. I grew up as a Dolphins fan. I don't know how to feel. You cannot feel anything other than disgust right now. You really can't. Because. We've. Because there's a very, very good chance. Like I mentioned, there's a reason why I entire read that entire thread by Dr. Caballero. There's a reason why you, why you think that the team is the one that threw two are out last last Sunday in the second half. And it's a team that could be telling Tua that, oh, if you don't have to really stay in the hospital, you, you can come back. Yeah, fly a plane. Get in there and sit down in the prone position where you're going to go up in the air in a pressurized environment when you've clearly suffered a neurological injury. And sadly, this is the cynical take on this is it's the worst, but it's probably unfortunately the one that's going to happen. The cynical part could be Looking at it just purely football. 
because you're gonna have these ass you can you're gonna have these assholes come out they say like oh that just proves two isn't tough and then this proves that a tune to tire that he should he shouldn't play we we should trade for Lamar Jackson we should try to target Lamar Jackson like that point we even had that when we tuned Baltimore and it's one of those takes where yeah if you if you want to really look at it in a realistic front like I said I would I would not blame Tua I'd said it before I said I think that not too long ago probably 10 minutes ago I would not blame Tua one bit if either like tomorrow morning well technically this morning or this afternoon on Friday he holds a press conference and says nope this is enough I've suffered enough. I am not going to do this anymore. I'm going to retire. And the realistic take is, okay, now the Dolphins have to look, have to either try to sign another quarterback or they're going to have to, they're going to have to once again tank so they can try to get the next play, the next young quarterback who they might possibly ruin because now you've just ruined Tua and it, this part of it is frustrating it, it is very very frustrating it is maddening and tonight is infuriating to watch because like Dr. Caballero laid it out there like yeah it's a bum it's like Wu-Tang says cash rules everything around me Cash rules everything around the NFL. And it's going to take severe, severe financial consequences for the league to actually make fundamental change. Or for the players union to actually try to be a union for your players. And come up with a plan that handles these type of injuries. And handles them a little bit, handles them better. Than especially what they're handling now. Because. More than likely now at this stage. We're going to see Tua Tungavailoa become a cautionary tale. I really, really don't want him to be a cautionary tale. But more than likely, he's going to wind up being that. <sighs> There's pretty much nothing else to say. I, I personally am going to listen to Dan Levitar tomorrow. Because uh, I want to hear Chris Nowinski talk about this situation. Talk about what's going what's happening right now and what we need to do to improve this because we shouldn't have players become martyrs for trying to get other people healthy. <laughs> I think it, I forgot the saying goes like it's 
it's better to do things. It it actually it is it is one of the things in boxing. It's better to stop the fight too early than to stop it when it's too late. And you don't want to reach a point, even though I think we probably reached it with two in this case, where it's already too late. And you're not going to see what could have been as a person because of gross negligence. Thank you for listening to me on this because... Yeah, it's so, it's, it's a maddening phrase. And I know I went off on tangents, but this is how angering this is. Next up, we're going to hear the anger in the news tomorrow, tomorrow. And by the time Sunday comes around, it'll halfway be forgotten about. And that's probably what's going to be piss me off more. Once again, thank you from the Inscriber Digital Magazine. Try to get some sleep if you're if you're up, folks. Just try to get some sleep. And then if I treat the damn players with some respect, have a good night.